Hello. 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 You all right? Yeah. Nice holiday. Oh, what a lovely break I've had. It's been good, isn't it? Yeah. Guess where I went? Everywhere. New York City. New York. I went to New New York. And it was very good. (laughs) The Big Apple. The Big Apple. Why is it called the Big Apple? Oh, they like apples. I don't know. (laughs) And everything's really big. (laughs) I'm not sure. I'd like to say that's the first thing I'd have found out when I got there, but I really Mm. wouldn't have done. No, there's too much to do to sit around Googling stuff. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So I came home for a rest. Shall we get on with our little podcast? Let's do it. You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. We apparently live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down the toilet is not a, not, not a very good idea. Did you ever watch that program, uh, Hunted, on Channel yes. 4? Yes, that was brilliant, Did you see the yes. one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him at the funny Yes, that was brilliant. Hello. Hello, I'm Hugh Fort. I'm Rachel Nemeth. And I'm Tom Canning. And welcome to episode 79 of the Real Reading Podcast with our guest Nick Harborn from Reading Refugee Support Group. He's actually the CEO of Reading Refugee Support the Group. the big wig. Top, so I've got the top big bra. cheese. The big cheese. Um, you will notice on our Facebook group, I've started videoing interviews and Nick is first up. Uh, you'll also notice that I've started videoing our little podcast sessions. People get a little peek behind the curtain. What does Hugh Fort look like mid- at midday? Exactly the same as first thing in the morning. (laughs) Yeah, slightly crabby because I haven't had any lunch yet. It's getting hangry. So, also this week, we've got Rach's Fact of the Week and the latest fact, sorry, the latest Fort Explains It All, which is about... Something of a blunder by Reading Borough Council. The blunder from down under? Um, No. No, it's just because it rhymes, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, no. What's it's not the... as good as the groove of Vancou- from no. Vancouver. <laughs> What's, it was the wonder from Down Under, but I can't. I think that was probably Paul Hogan, but I don't know. Oh, I was going to say Crocodile Dundee, yeah, surely. Yeah. surely. Um, what's the blunder? Uh, a rather large amount of trees were rather accidentally removed. And this has caused all sorts of consternation. Yes, people are not happy. Okay. Um, while, we, while Hugh does his research for that, um, which you'll see on the video... Uh, Here is how you can get in touch with the show with Jeremy. I've mangled that badly. Get in touch with the team. Find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Facebook and Instagram for Real Reading Podcast. You can also email getreading at reachplc.com. Thank you, Jeremy. Mrs. Mangle. So Mrs. I now, that I, was another one from Australia, down under. The Australian special. <laughs> so after that, after that smooth, smooth uh, break there, Tom, I now know how to get in touch with Jeremy. Is that right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, yes. He pops in, does his bit, off he goes. Okay. So yes, new feature time. Um, I have a weekly question I'm going to be posting on our Facebook group uh, and Twitter pages, which you are welcome to join. All you need to do is go to Facebook and type Real Reading Podcast and you'll find it. This week, uh, the first question I asked, I thought I was thinking about um, all the empty shop units in town and what would happen if you were given the keys to a shop unit in town. Mm. Now, the question you'd be I asked, able to go inside. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the kind of response. That's the kind of response I got on Twitter, and I guess you know well, it's my own top fault. level comedy. It's my own fault for for trying to do something a bit different. It's my own fault for opening the door. 
Asking questions on Twitter rarely leads to <laughs> constructive answers. On Facebook, however, it was slightly different. I'll come to those in a moment. So, yes, the question was, you've been given the keys to a shop unit in Reading Town Centre. You're opening a blank. What would you open, Rach? Oh, well, it's easy. Go on. Uh, well, I've always had two two business plans. Yep. I did notice that my husband had, in fact posted on your facebook he has yes he has post, indeed um which is a bit in line with one of mine which could is it uh, can i guess can i guess what well, rich, rich would rich go would on. open a vinyl shop oh no it was vinyl and coffee oh, right. actually oh, okay <laughs> and mine one of mine is uh was the the read and feed uh, oh, so right. it's a bookshop with coffee <laughs> so now like the Nemeth Emporium yeah. is going to be vinyl books and coffee and cake, obviously. Well, yeah, why not cake? Yeah, so that that's and the other one that I always wanted to do uh, with a friend of mine years ago was the the Pie Emporium. Oh yes, but you know, while Sweeney and Todd's is still around, I, don't, I just don't think you're you going to beat that top market. Trump it, no. Could you? So, um, so I've got my laptop delicately ba- balanced on my it's knee. Hugh, did you have one that you wanted to? Uh, uh, I've been trying to think. Obviously, I'd open a, a second hardware store. <laughs> so your empire is growing. Yes, yes. It'd just be called Hughes. Hugh, Hughes. <laughs> yeah, an, ins- an inspiring name, Hughes Hardware. <laughs> oh no, L- alliteration is always good. Yeah. No. What would you call it? Hughes uh, Hardware. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think that's going to have to be it now because I certainly. My wit is lacking. My my quick wit is lacking somewhat at the moment. The Hugh driver. Oh, sounds more like a driving school, or a stretch limo business. But anyway, it could be a it could be a a a cafe for amateur philosophy. You can't have a cafe. That's my yeah, one. Yeah, mine would be for amateur philosophers, and oh. I'd call it Fault of the Week. Strong, strong. <laughs> me, so when I go down Talk to see my on. brother, my me and my brother um, regularly try and work into puns. Hugh's name, so for for different uh, parts of the of the yeah. show. So yeah, my my friends do. Sorry, my former friends do that. Yes, <laughs> the uh, the section where um, you play a video clip, uh, stop it before something happens, and it would be called Hugh'd have thought that had happened. That's really good. I know that was literally the best one we had. Yeah, no, that's good. You could song titles is is uh, the obvious one, isn't it? It's, uh, yes. Love really hurts without Hugh. Yes. I will always love Hugh. Everything I do, I do, do it, it for me. Hugh. <laughs> you make quite, me feel. <laughs> these are quite self-indulgent ones. Yes. Yeah. Everybody loves Hugh. Yeah. Everyone wants a piece of Hugh. I hate everything about Hugh by Ugly Kid Joe. Oh. Is this an alternative? And a, an accurate summarisation of my life to this point. Okay. Uh, some well, you of haven't the said what your shop oh, um, would be. Bar. Yeah, beer. It would have a beer. It would have beer in beer it. Beer themed. A beer themed. Maybe, yeah, beer, lots of straight from the barrel. Straight I think it needs to be next door to my yes, I think so. So final you can, book cafe. We'd so probably you... just have to, we'd have to have, like you, me and Rich would have to have a unit each. In a, in in a, a line, row. in a row. And you could just flip between the, the three of them. Interconnecting, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Like sort of start the day having a nice nice coffee and a book read, then you go like jam in some vinyl in the early afternoon, and then the evening you settle down for a nice a nice beer. And then once you fill people full of beer, you can send them to my hardware shop, and they can buy loads of really expensive things they don't possibly want. I like that idea. <laughs> the other thing that I'm surprised Rich didn't put actually that we talked about a few weeks ago was that you know like people like 
football, rugby sports yep. on the TV. And you they can do. go to the pub of a Saturday and you can have a pint and you can watch these things. But what if you are out as a family? That could potentially be a bit more difficult. Yeah. So he was thinking more of a cafe environment. Oh, okay. With yes. the TV screens. So you can go as a family, don't feel like you're sort of, you know, <laughs> Getting in the having way. your yeah, kids there I see. in the way. Yeah, I see. so just a bit more of a family setup. But you can have, a soft, you can have a soft play, couldn't you? Well, so soft you can, play yes. in the corner to yeah. get rid of so the as kids it, for yeah. a bit. Yeah. As it happens, someone, uh, so a couple of responses on the list on Facebook because the Twitter ones were very silly. Right. Um, Nathan Strong said kids play. So that kind of, you know, I think I think we're almost building up a, a, a little emporium here. Um Yvette Freeman Keep said pet store. Um, Brian Moynard from the retreat, who we interviewed a few weeks ago, he said delicatessens. I do like a delicatessen. Oh, so do yeah. I. Oh, they've got some good ones oh. in New York. Oh, well, I'll bet. Big, I'll big. Bet. Is um, everything you say going to be perfect by now? With when I was in New York, I just <laughs> surely am I not allowed to rinse it for this one week? One week, yeah. Yeah, one week as you only come in one day a week, yes. <laughs> um, Kez Williams says personalised print store. Personal so that's print. I guess that's printing your own stuff on on a variety of things. Oh, okay. You don't get your own personal prints. That'd be good. <laughs> as long as it wasn't. No, I'm not going to go um, down that route. And we'll leave the, uh, the leave last, that right there, Hugh. The last word <laughs> to Peter Bowyer, who said can of worms. Oh. Aha. Uh-huh. Is that maybe a fishing shop? That's a good idea. I bet he's not thought of that. Oh, Have yeah. you, Peter? Have you thought of that? Yeah. Okay, that was uh, the first in a what I hope will be a long-running feature called Question of the Week. A look out for next week's question, which is a goodie. I've already got it. I've got it. It's, it's good for next week. So so we're starting the podcast by asking, talking about questions, and then we also end it yes. with a question. Well, I have well. just realised I've left the mug upstairs. We should take over. We should have taken over Jackson's Corner. We should for have for all yeah. our little. Have you ever been into? There's a place in um, Manchester that's it. It's like a really big warehousey type thing with lots of little concessions. Yes, um, I know exactly now. what it's called. It's called the Mackie Mayor. Is it? Yes, and it's got loads of. It's a bit like the Market Inn. Uh, not that I've been in the Market Inn down in uh, the Market Place yet, but it's got lots of little concession places in it. Oh, okay. Lots of different... Was it food concessions? You're no, thinking? no, no, no. It was ah, like okay. little shops. Oh, I don't know about that then. Okay. But that's what we could could have done in... Um, we could do. Because they did have some pop-ups in Jackson's did. Corner for a little while they after did. it closed. Okay. Uh, it is now time for Rach's Fact of the Week. Reading Fact of the Week. Time for Fact of the Week, Rach. What are we talking about? What have we got? Uh, I'm going to talk about Trooper Potts. More importantly, is there a quiz? There, I've worked a little question in at the end because okay. I know that you, you two enjoy. We do like a little, a little bit of competition. A little bit of competition. Okay, fact of the week, so, Rach. So, Trooper Fred Potts. So, his name is kind of dotted around the town quite a bit. So, there is a memorial for him just outside of Forbury Gardens by the courthouse there is Trooper Potts Way which is part of the new Reading North side of the station um, and there is also up on the Basingstoke Road the relatively new Green King pub the Trooper Potts not called the Trooper Potts anymore it has is since it changed now 
What? It is not What's called it the called? Trooper. I can't remember what it's called, but it's no longer called the Trooper Pots. Oh, well, that's in this context. That's hashtag awkward, isn't it? Yes, ever so slightly. And it- <laughs> disrespect. Oh, oh okay. Well, no, we're it was good. We're called good. the Trooper Pots for some time. For a while, yes. Yeah, for a while. Okay. Uh, so his name pops up all over the show, but why? 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 Who, What's who the story? Who is this man? So um, he is a, a recipient of the Victoria Cross, which is the, the highest and, and most prestigious award for gallantry in the face of the enemy that can be awarded to British and Commonwealth forces. Um, so it's very high accolade. Um, and he is a, a Reading... Reading trap chap through and through that he was born on Edgehill Street um, and raised there, which is off of Southampton Street. Oh, okay. Coming back down towards the Oracle Roundabout. So I've got friends that live on Edgehill Street, in fact. Um, and he went to Catesgrove School, so he's a, a proper local boy. And in 1915, he was a, a private in the um, first Berkshire Yeoman, what's it? Yeomanry. Yeomanry, is yes. Um, in yeah, the First World War. Hugh's he looking puzzled. Have I said that is right? It, is it Yemenry? Yep. Oh, I thought it was Yemenry. Ye- Ye- oh, dear. It's one of the two. Okay. Delete is appropriate. It's Y-E-O-M. Yemenry. Well, now I need your help on another word as well. <laughs> okay. So it was during the... That, that's the... Gallipoli yeah. campaign. Right, yeah, Gallipoli. Yeah, that yeah, that's right? right. Okay, good. So during the Gallipoli campaign of the First World War... Um, there was attack on Hill 70, and he was in the Turkish trenches at that point. And he had a he had a wound of his own uh, to the thigh, which is obviously not very good. But he stayed there for 48 hours with um, one of his comrades, Arthur Andrews, who was also a, a Reading a Reading chap. And Andrews was badly wounded. Um, he couldn't move. He was stuck in the trenches. Um, so Trooper Potts stayed with him for 48 hours. He then got a shovel from the trenches and he tied it to to the back of Andrews and used it like a sledge. Oh, wow. And he pulled him across yeah. the battlefield for... 550 metres, apparently, whilst under fire the whole time to get them both to safety. Crikey. Um, and they both made it home. So I was just... So the the quiz question is, because I was trying to picture how far 550 metres is. It's obviously just over half a kilometre, but to put it into... Yeah, into some sort of context. Yeah. So if I was to start at the, the town hall yeah, and head this way... So the town hall towards the, the opposite town hall end of, at the the other end end of Fry, Fry Street. Street. How yeah. far would I... would uh, All the way to Greyfriars Church. Yeah, that's what I would say. Okay. A bit less, maybe. Maybe to sort of Sainsbury's. So it's actually all the way from the town hall to this end of Friar Street. Yeah. We are the Sainsbury's end of Friar Street. Round the corner into West Street, where oh, the wow. old Primark used to be. Yeah. Down there, as far as the Broad Street Mall main entrance. Blimey. Wow. That's quite far. That's, that's pretty impressive. When you're yeah. wounded yourself. Yes. And you're carrying another and you're man. you're dragging a man who cannot help in any way. Um, yeah, because men are heavy. Well, and they had all their equipment yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. g- of course, yes. And you're getting shot at. Yeah, so he's oh, sort of... Yeah. Yeah. And he was getting shot at the whole time. So he sort yeah. of... Good effort. Deserved that 
Victoria Cross, really. Okay. So now we know when his name's popping up all over the town. Um, yeah. We have, you know why. There because we go. he was a very brave man. He dragged his mate on a homemade sledge a long way while getting shot at. Yeah, to it's save them both. Yeah. It's, it's, it's quite something, isn't it? It's not... I, I've read the story, uh, and I sort of... But, uh, but sometimes sitting down, reading it, and actually sitting and thinking about it are two very, very different things mm. at times, and, and that's... Thanks, Rach. Yeah. I feel... Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying desperately not to sort of trivialise anything, and I'm trying to make it. No, it's well, a very I think it's, it's a, a, an impressive a and brave thing that he did, and it yeah, it should Completely. be celebrated. Absolutely. Hmm. Um, got a fact for us? Send us a tweet at Real Reading Pod, and we will take a look at it. You can also send us your facts on uh, our Facebook group. Um, that's the end of part one. In part two, we will join Hugh for Fort Explains It All. Mrs. Fort explains it all. Welcome to part two. Um, it's time for Fort explains it all. Hugh Fort. Yes. Explain it. Explain. Eight hundred trees. Eight hundred trees. This is. Bear with me for one second. Get my uh, <laughs> get my notes. Uh, your sorry. notes. Your printout. Yeah. So what's story happened? I wrote. What's happened, Hugh? These trees were planted in Palmer Park in. 2016 and 2017. They uh, were, according to the people who planted them, growing nicely. Yeah. Um, but subsequently have been removed by mistake by Reading Borough Council during some routine clearance work and are now not there anymore, which has caused a bit of a stink from the people who spent a lot of time planting them. 800 trees, quite a lot. That's, That's yeah. Just, they're, they're, act- they're, they're not, obviously, you're not, thinking of giant sequoias here they're not fully grown massive trees they're saplings but uh still they won't grow into fully grown <laughs> trees because they're not there anymore so this has quite rightly prompted some outrage and uh subsequently the council has come back to us this week and said we're going to replant all of them because our bad um it needs sorting out so we're getting some more trees and they will be replanted but the people who who um who carried out the project are understandably annoyed because they basically wasted a lot of time and quite a lot of money as well from the Wood- yeah. Woodland Trust as well. Who paid, who funded it all. Um, so while it's eventually will be rectified, this, I think this, they sort of talk about a lot of years of growth that's just lost. When were they planted? Did you sorry? Did you say when they were planted? Yeah, 2016, and then tw- again in 2017. So I think probably right. half and half. Yeah. Um, and wh- where and were they planted? Were they like in a? a- to create a woodland area, yeah, it's a or wildlife were they area. Kind of dotted yeah. all around. It's a sort of wildlife area in the uh, in in Palmer Park, um, specifically created to house to house trees and plants and yeah and you yeah know, you know you know sort of the sort of areas they have and it would have developed over the years presumably into a very nice area and now now it's gone. They've so got to start again. Dug up or like. Chopped off I don't know that all, all I know is presumably yeah the, um, removed is all I know removed what by mistake to them? I d- where I d- did they put them <laughs> I don't know details are details are a sketchy them yeah. replant them yeah I believe there's been quite a uh, some, some some famous faces have had their say 
on this yes. uh, on this issue. Yes, uh, Chris Packham. He of found he of the, the really, really wild, wild show. <laughs> for, <laughs> or f- for people who aren't old, um, Spring Autumn Watch. Watch. Autumn, Autumn Watch, Spring Watch. Yes. Yeah. All the watches. Very famous um, wildlife man on the TV. Very, very, very passionate. Um, very passionate man about wildlife. He's cottoned on to this story, and he he has uh, s- stepped into the argument to criticise Rowling Borough Council for this this blun- yeah. blunder. And I think the council, to be fair, to has has put his hands up and said, "Yeah, this is this is a big error. Obviously, we didn't mean it, uh, but we are gonna." We are yeah. going to rectify it as, as as well as we can. But How does it happen? Did, I mean, did somebody? There's obviously groundspeople or whatever you call them, gardeners or what, um, that they've been given an instruction to go to Palmer Park and clear clear some space. Was it a, a, yeah, a specific instruction clear that area, and so they did. And then the council went, oh, oh. Uh, didn't mean that. Bugger. Or where d- where is the mistake? Where, where is that's a very yeah. good question. I don't know, and I imagine there will be um, there will be questions about this coming up at forthcoming um, council meetings. Um, the Green Party have been in contact with us certainly over it, and are quite rightly not very happy. So mm. it's the sort of thing that Councillor Rob White, who's the leader of the Greens, it will very much get his teeth into, and we and uh, more answers on the specifics of what happened. Um, are likely in the next few weeks. Um, so, because it's also, it's I think that's that's his neck of the woods as well around there. So he's very he'll be he'll be he'll be on the ball, no doubt, with regards to this and um, keeping an eye on how the how the next stage is done and all that sort of thing. This is you know this is yeah this is right at the Green Party Street in terms of in terms of where that what they where they're at. It's uh, I I suppose yeah. I mean, I don't know how you don't notice 800 trees, but I guess it depends on how big they were, how tall they were. I don't suppose we know how, any of that. How overgrown it was and if, the, yeah. you know, if the, if it was just a sort of removal operation. Don't, I don't know. But there are there are certainly questions that need answering <laughs> yeah, there's, there's over what on earth happened and who, and um, whether who did it. And I, I feel like blunder is exactly the, the correct word here because it's just... It's I, I, a word only really seen in newspapers and yes. on news websites, but it's certainly appropriate on this one. But a tree in two, two, three years can can grow. It's obviously not going to be a fully grown tree, no. but it would grow enough that it would no longer be a tiny, tiny sapling. It would be something significant to. And it, it just occurs as well. Eight hundred. Yeah. That's it's not. Not no eight. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't. Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah. yeah I the know. the. I guess the alternative way of looking at it is if if there were eight hundred, in, they can't have been that. They can't have been that big. Yeah. Even yeah. yeah, even, yeah. even eight hundred small trees would take up a fairly enormous area. So. Yeah. So yeah, like <laughs> I say, this this conversation is clearing, raising more questions we perhaps need to ask. So, I'll see what um details are available and if not well I'm sure there'll be public questioning of it because you know the, the Green yes. Party asking me- questions of the, about this in meetings is like to get some coverage so they'll certainly yes. uh, they'll certainly go after that I imagine. And the money as well and you know funding is always a, a thing isn't it for the council and that's yeah, got to be I don't know how much a tree costs but it's 
Yeah. It's got to be tens of thousands they were of initially, pounds worth. My understanding is the first project was paid for by the Woodland Trust. Yeah. Um, right. okay. not, so not the council, but whether the council is now going to have to fork out for the new trees out of its own money... Um, Again, we don't know. Not very, sorry, I'm not being very informative. There's a lot. Of, it's raising a lot more <laughs> questions. This, so. Are you writing all these questions down? Yes. So yeah. let's. Um, I think if I'm just thinking them. back to when I used to play Sim City, and I think a square of trees used to be something like eight simoleons. I'm not sure what the exchange rate on that is, but that's a number. So there you go. Well, I think I bought an apple tree sapling a couple of years ago, and it was maybe. £20? Do the, the question is, do the apples ever fall far from it? It's not grown an apple oh, okay. yet. Um, thanks very much, Hugh. Now it is time <laughs> to speak to our guest, Nick Harborn from Re- Reading Refugee Support Group. Sorry I cut you off there. Bye. Hi, everybody. I've come down to Reading Refugee Support Group to talk with CEO Nick Harborn. Good morning, Nick. Good morning, Tom. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. Um, this, 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 you've been put onto us by a friend of our podcast, John Joe, uh, the man behind Are You Listening Festival and Down the Abbey Festival, lots of festivals. Uh, he's, he works for you, volunteer for you? No, he, he, he works for us. He, oh, he, he's our boy. fundraising and uh, communication manager. There you uh, go. Yes, I get regular <laughs> communications from him, yeah. so he's, I can tell you he's doing very well. Excellent. <laughs> um, so he, he put us in touch. I've come down to, to meet you in your in yeah. the office, just behind or just above the risk? We're just, just above. Just above. Doing, There's a little alleyway down the side. Yeah. Which, oh, that was quite nice to walk down. <laughs> quite an old-fashioned alleyway, which was... Uh, Quite, quite, quite nice, and then, and then there you are, just, just on the, on yeah. the doorstep. Lovely. So, tell me a little bit about Reading Refugee Support Group. When did you start? Um, what, obviously, the, the clues in the name, but what, what are you set up to do? Well, basically, we've been around twenty-five years. Just wow. last week, we had our twenty-fifth uh, celebration event at the uh, Reading Reading Town Hall, which was fantastic, and we just celebrated twenty-five years of advice and support to refugees and asylum seekers and that's pretty much what, what we've been doing for 25 years we we, we have a drop-in center on a monday where any refugee or asylum seeker can come and it's just a safe space where they, they can come socialize yeah. english job club that sort of thing and then they can also access our support casework support services uh, which also run sort of Monday through to Thursday uh, every week, bar Christmas and bank holidays. I don't, I don't want to come across as someone who doesn't know about um, that kind of thing, but just but and, and, but, but, <laughs> but but let's let's face it. <laughs> yeah. I don't. So I'm I'm, I'm yeah. coming to you. I'm talking to you. Yeah. Is is this something that is is widely used? Uh, do are there are a lot of people seeking asylum in in Reading? Uh, there are many people who are seeking asylum there are many people who have got asylum so they've yeah. got leave to remain so they are refugees yeah. who have ongoing issues with the uh, sort of their refugee status their their time here their visas travel documents that sort of thing so we have let's see last last year i think we had about 140 people uh, over over the course of the year coming to us with various issues uh, 50 to 50 to 60 people were new to us last year right so it's quite interesting because reading isn't a dispersal area so when when refugees find their yeah. way into the country or 
asylum seekers and then they claim asylum at the border and they're given refugee status. They're not normally dispersed to the Reading area. They, right. uh, they sort of normally go up north to okay. Glasgow and Manchester yeah. and places like that. So we don't see huge numbers coming into Reading, but our proximity to London yes. draws a lot of people in. And the fact that Reading is quite a culturally diverse, it is yeah. a very culturally diverse uh, sort of place to live and has been and has welcomed different sort of communities for a long time. So that in itself, there's a lot of inbuilt support mechanisms that if you were a refugee or asylum seeker looking for looking for support, you'd be quite naturally drawn to Reading. Um, and how, how does your involvement, how did you become involved uh, in in working with asylum seekers and refugees? That's quite a long story. <laughs> but I used to work overseas with, it was another Reading organisation called Feed the Children, which then changed its name to Children's Aid Direct, and that was back in 95. So I worked overseas in Bosnia during the Bosnian conflict, and then yeah. I went to places like Azerbaijan and North Korea, Tajikistan, doing humanitarian aid. So I've sort of worked at the other end of the refugee sort of journey. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've seen where people come from. Sort of the start, yeah. The start of their journey, and indeed worked in sort of war zones, and that, that causes that exodus of, of, of people. I then spent uh, about 16 years working with the homeless in London and in Reading. Yeah. And then I took some time out uh, to uh, be main carer for our, our kids. And then Reading Refugee, when my other half said, right, get back out and earn some money. <laughs> and Reading Refugee Support Group were sort of recruiting. And I just thought, brilliant. And I knew of them yeah. from my time working with the homeless uh, in, in Reading, sort of in 95 to 2000. So I knew of them. Applied and was fortunate enough to got the job, and six years later I'm still here. <laughs> CEO, it. no less. Yeah. yeah. It says on the little board just up to the right up here, which I read as soon as we came in. Do you have quite a lot of volunteers? Uh, quite a lot yeah, of helpers? Yeah, huge amounts, uh, and we're dependent on them. They do a fantastic job, 30, 30 to 40 people, sort of come and go a year. Yeah. But we have a, a, a sort of a, a core number who just turn up every week. Day in, day out, rain, snow, sun, and they're here. We depend <laughs> on them. They're lovely. They're fantastic. They're, they're, what, they're, they're what, what makes the job sort of really sort of rewarding. Yeah. Um, obviously, you, you've been, you were talking to me. Uh, we, we spoke, we communicated on, on email beforehand. Yeah. Um, you've got a big event coming up. It's quite... When, when I came in here, you were quite excited to tell yeah. me about it. And uh, yeah. tell, tell me a little bit about what's going on. It's our 25th year, so we've yes. just had one big event, as I said, at the town hall where we had CEOs from throughout the 25-year period sitting yeah. on stage and being interviewed, and we had sort of a fashion show. And then we were also planning a carol concert yeah. at St Mary's uh, Minster uh, for the 7th of December, and this has been planned for a long while. And I've known Esther Fleury Griffiths, for a long time yeah. and she sings in the Reading Community Gospel Choir so I'd given her, her a sort of ring and said look will you sing a couple of carols anyway it turns out that the Gospel Choir are going to do the whole carol concert oh wow for us on the 7th of December in the Minster but it just gets better because they were competing in the song, Songs of Praise National Gospel Choir competition on the B on BBC, 
and they've only gone and won it. So, that was a couple of weeks ago, wasn't yep. it? So they are the National Gospel Choir of the Year. Wow. And their first concert <laughs> will be our carol concert. So really refugee support group, fantastic. How, 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 how good can it get? It's brilliant. So I'm really looking forward to it. It was obviously planned this way, wasn't it? it was, you know, they they would do that and then and then come to you guys, and we it was a slick planning operation. I would love to say yes, Tom. <laughs> I really would, but it wasn't. I just knew Esther yeah. and invited her just because she's my friend. And it turns out that their choir that's was, amazing was was in this competition, and then they won it. So it's just. I'd love to say it was well planned, but uh, <laughs> it wasn't. So it's it's a it's a, it's a fundraising event. Yes, um, and, and tell me how much how much are tickets for to, me, come, ten, along, to come along? Ten ten pounds for adults, children free, students five pounds. Yeah, and it's a fundraising event for Reading Refugees Support Group and also for the for the Gospel Choir. Yeah, so we, we, we're going to share the proceeds, and we're we're very grateful for the to the St Mary's Minster because they've given us the venue. Oh, uh, fantastic! Uh, yeah, uh, to to allow us to do this, it's, it's a good sort of a, a good partnership at Christmas for. You know, two fantastic charities. Yeah, and um, obviously, just talk about kind of the, the work with refugees again, just just for yeah. just for a little while. But you know, obviously, Christmas coming up. Um, now, I suppose to put it delicately, Christmas maybe not wouldn't mean anything to to some of the people coming across. Not necessarily. We we're working with three local authorities okay. in Berkshire. And we uh, under the, the the government's Syrian Family Resettlement yeah. Program, and we work with three with Reading, West Barks, and Wokingham, and we provide support for the families who come in in this scheme. And what we found is, and indeed over the years with all our other refugee clients, that they love to participate in the cultural events yeah. that, that are going on. They might not necessarily worship in the same way, yeah. and indeed Syrian families, the majority of them are are yeah. Muslim and don't celebrate Christmas, but they absolutely take it on board and participate and they bring their kids and the yeah. kids love to see Santa Claus and they love to get presents and they bring food. And, and I think it's absolutely fantastic because it, it just shows that it's, it sort of counters the sort of hard right narrative yeah. at the moment that they're just here to take everything. They want to embed themselves they want to embrace the culture they want to live here and they want to become part of and give to as well as benefit from yeah. the society we're living in and christmas is just one wonderful example of it they love it yeah. and we love being part of them loving it i i'd feel i'd feel remiss if we didn't kind of talk about that sort of neg negative attitude towards refugees and people kind of, for want of a better word coming over here yes um it, it, it's, I feel awkward for me talking, even asking you about mm. it, but something you probably face all the time. Uh, I suppose, in in a way, just explaining about how kind of emba embracing Christmas and stuff and and that and that mm. kind of thing does does help does help me understand it a little bit better. But uh, as I say, as someone who kind of deals with that kind of attitude from people all the time, what, how do you how do you deal with that? How, what 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 would you do? What would you say to people? It's an incredibly difficult subject to sort of respond to especially at this moment in time where this flipping brexit thing has almost lifted the lid off the hatred yeah of some people not not everybody but it's just given some people permission to to bring out their sort of yeah right-wing 
hard right wing views that people shouldn't be coming into this country. They're all after our jobs. They're after our houses. They're after our, you know, NHS. They just want free. N and it's just so far from the truth. Most, the majority of refugees I know, one wouldn't have left their country in the first place if they had a choice about it. Two, they basically want to go home if they can. Yeah. And where they can't, they want to protect their family. They want to find a place of safety so they can look after their family. And I, my sort of response is I would challenge anybody to do anything else. So people who object to people coming over and being looked after by this country, if that happened to you, if it happened to you, Tom, what yeah. would you do with your family? You would do anything you could to protect them. And that's all they've done. So I can't see how anybody can object to that. It's obviously it's a it's a you're you're very passionate about it. It's something that I I try to understand as, yeah. as best I can. You know your your point there about what would I do? I think I think that make that rings absolutely true. And I and I feel like coming down to to somewhere like Reading Refugee Support Group to see yeah. the work that you guys do and actually meet some of these people might might just be something that that perhaps we all should do. Yes, I I, I think I just. It's an education, it's, it's awareness. I think people have a perception of what refugees and asylum seekers and even migrants are doing. And to be honest, it's present company accepted, of course, <laughs> but it's media driven. There's a lot, yeah. of, lot of misuse of narrative, misuse of English in describing uh, refugees, asylum seekers, and it confuses people, uh, members of the public. And it, 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 it creates a, a, a context and a picture that just simply isn't true. I want to finish up on a positive. Um, in terms of the work you do, what, what is it that, that really stands out? What, what are you most proud of? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Quite a good question. <laughs> <laughs> what am I most proud I just really enjoy being part of... A team of people, and when I say team, I mean volunteers, the staff, members of the public who are like-minded, uh, even even our, our, our users who, for example, going going back, we have members of staff on the on the team who have been refugees and have gone through horrific stories, and then they volunteered, they've become paid members of staff, and they're now giving back. And for me, that is the the ultimate sort of thing that RRSG and me should be proud proud of. Sorry, so hard's just going to come through now. <laughs> That's okay. Come in, come in, come in. Yeah, so, so it, it's just it, it's just working with like-minded people that are all of a of a shared belief that we should make the world a little bit of a better place for everybody. And hopefully, you know, we're doing that. Um, just to, just to, just to find out anything you wanted to add that, I, that, I've, that I've missed? No, just that you're welcome to come down on a Monday anytime, Tom. And, Sounds and, and good. Come to the drop-in and meet a few people, talk yeah. to a few people and, and, and let them tell you their story rather yeah. than me. I mean, that, that, that's what we've got to try and start doing we've, we've got to listen to people directly and listen to their stories not via a third person yeah. 
Um, and just just very finally, um, the you've said that three times now. <laughs> every every single episode. That's the secret. I just say it every time. Finally, finally, finally. Yeah. I've always got a couple of things in my head I want to get out. And I so never finally, quite, finally, very finally. Uh, regular listeners will know that I do this all the time. Um, if you want to come to the Carol concert, where can you get tickets? Eventbrite. If you Google uh, Gospel Reading Gospel Choir Eventbrite, seventh of December. It should come up, or if you go onto our website, rrsg.org.uk, there should be a link through to the... the How much are tickets? £10 for adults, children free, £5 for students and refugees and asylum seekers free. Perfect. Nick, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me. Thank Uh, you, Tom. We will speak soon. Thank you. Look forward to it. That was Nick Harborn from Reading Refugee Support Group. Hugh, you've been holding it in. What's up? There's always more time. Um, just to say that clearly at the end of that conversation added absolutely nothing to what, what we were talking <laughs> no, about no. at all. But no. to, to, to end, there are more questions and we should ask them. The Random Question. Okay, we're now back. it's time for The Random Question. Uh, I have a random question. Go on. Do you think we'll ever have a podcast which which runs from start to finish without us either your computer making a noise or realising we haven't got anything or some bit of kit not working? Or my tummy rumbling. No. 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 Okay. Okay. Who wants to go? What about this? Oh, hang. What? You've thrown this in. What's this? I wanted to talk about that. To interrupt your bit. scheduled programming. Well, it's a bit. Um, Could we show the going back to the, show the viewers? Borough Council. I feel like it's it's all about the council today. Have a look at that. Well, this came through my door this week. Your reading, your services, your views, your news. How do they know my news? I don't know. What is your news? And in other news, <laughs> I have no Tom's news. hungry. <laughs> I am quite hungry, <laughs> but so is you. So is you. What's going on with your reading? So, oh, it says it's the winter 2019 edition, so it's, you know, quarterly, I yeah. assume. So I, this came through my door, and I looked at it from a <laughs> newspaper publisher point of view, because yes. that's what I've done for the last 20 years, um, and thought, oh, this looks quite nice, and it, you know, the, the print quality's nice, and the... Um, it's nicely designed. The paper's nice. The design is nice. I thought it would look quite good. All right, keeping Reading informed and and so on. But I don't know if any evidently do it's that. been quite con- controversial. Is it? I, I've not bit. seen anything. Yeah. Well, just sort of going back to what we were talking about with the trees before, and that it, you know, with spending money and funds being tight. Da, 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 and what? Well, I'm just thinking. Uh huh. 800 trees. It's quite a lot of wood. <gasps> what do you make paper from? Do you think it's linked? <laughs> no, oh. not at all. Not even slightly. I'm just wildly speculating. <laughs> if any council lawyers lawyers are listening <laughs> to this podcast, we are not linking the reading, <laughs> reading your reading <laughs> glossy printout this was to the loss of trees. Well before Treegate. Okay. Okay, just to clarify that. But that is people's arguments that. You know, the council do have to watch their spending. They have to cut money and funding on certain things. And yet, somewhere if in I, the pot, there was money for If I can put my Hugh hat on, Go which on. I don't have one. But if I just put my Hugh hat on. That would be a great hat. 
<laughs> the hat of your head. I'm thinking Trilby. Um, <laughs> with a little thing with press. Really the, ca- the council will undoubtedly have what a, a marketing or communications budget, and therefore a paper-based magazine would come out of any marketing or communications budget which is allocated at the start of the year. Hugh, am I right? Yes, I think so. Good. That does make it's sense. Certainly, when I've encountered these things before in other councils, it comes out of that budget, yes. It's not simply a case of we've produced this magazine so therefore we can't fill in any potholes. Yes, council budgets being separate. That's a very important point to make because a lot of people don't read councils think that they've got like like you or I have one bank account. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they don't. It also does carry advertising from companies other than the council. So, you know, going back to the days yeah. where we had free newspapers in Reading, we, we sort of know a little bit about how that works and, you know, the advertising would have paid for some of the production yes. of it. You would think so. Or the distribution of it. You think so, possibly it. even all of it. Um, yeah. That could be in these days of councils being very, very skint. That could be a, a demand of, of it in that it has to pay for itself. Otherwise, yes. Otherwise you lose it. Perhaps next week, Hugh, your thought explains it all. Could be. How the yeah, how that's paid for, yeah. I could see Interesting. It. But it okay. did have some quite useful things because um, it had a, a double-page spread in the middle about recycling. A DPS. A DPS in the middle um, that was quite clear on I think we talked about this a few weeks ago about wanting to increase the the recycling percent to 50 and how we can do that what things you can and can't recycle and that was quite useful I might actually put that on my fridge (laughs) because I always forget what's allowed and there was a a bit about um, supporting homeless people during the winter months and things so I mean it did have some quite useful things in there but I would be quite interested to hear people's views on it and I understand the concerns about the cost of it. But th- how do you communicate things? I think yeah. what um, where these things have been criticised in the past, and I, I did a bit of stuff on this in Bracknell years and years and years ago, in that um, from what I've very briefly seen of this one in Reading, and I need, I'd need to have a proper look at it, but certainly the, pay, the information about recycling, and there was another page I just saw about homelessness, about mm-hmm. it. It seems to be information, so useful information. But the criticism of this one before in Bracknell was that it was council propaganda. It was a load of count, basically a collection of council press releases, PR, with quotes from councillors saying how wonderful everything was and how brilliant the council was at doing everything. And there, there wasn't any. It's not like a newspaper where you can where you get a quote from one council and then phone up the leader of the opposition and get a quote from them saying how rubbish the other party is. Um, it, it's un- unbalanced um, pro-council information. That was criticism at the time. Whether whether that's the case, I didn't feel that with this product. Okay, and that's that's where people get annoyed is when they they see they see public money being spent on, you know, yeah. PR, what essentially is PR, but if it is in terms of just information on council services, that is um, what potentially it should be. And it, but if you've got a load of, cap, load of load of blokes in suits and women women in suits talking about how wonderful everything is under that partic- particular <laughs> yeah. political party, that is where you may need to take a closer look on about how these things are being done. But 
I can't say. Would you like to borrow my copy and you can have a look? Yes, I will have a look, but I can't say if Reading's one is that because I don't. I don't live in Reading, so I don't get it. I would say not. I'd say it's more factual. Random question time. Trying to move us on. I am trying to move us on. Can I ask you a random question? You may very quickly. Did you ever find the cow? No, it stopped. Oh, the cow. The cow has stopped making a noise, and I need to go. I haven't. We haven't heard it for ages. So slow moose day. (laughs) Random question. Here's the mug, Hugh. In case anybody was wondering, our slightly broken. I love Reading mug. There you go. It's slightly broken. A broken Guildford, if anybody remembers. Hugh, what's the question? What would be your perfect night out in Reading? I can answer that instantly. Uh. Staying at home. (laughs) He's so boring. (laughs) The most boring. Um, Your H, what would yours be? I remember because mine always used to be like O'Neill's, where we used to go party hard. Especially whichever night they had the band on. Right, um, should we go back? Let's go back really to back. the 2000s. <laughs> yes. At that stage, it would have been O'Neill's yeah. upstairs to y- Flair's. Yeah, yeah, it would yeah. have been. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. Tom, undoubtedly, on the pole, me playing some inflatable electric yes, guitar. Yes, yes. Standard every week. Later, slightly later. Slightly mm. later, it would have been... Probably still O'Neill's and then After Dark. Probably great expectations yeah, in between on yeah, the way probably. up the hill. Just for a little, uh, on a cold night, just to keep it keep it nice and warm. Now, <laughs> gosh, now I'm getting old. Um, I went to the market house for my birthday uh, oh yes. a few weeks ago. That was very, very good. Um, King's Grill is a good way to round <laughs> off the night for some cheesy chips. Um and if I feel like throwing some really big shapes, massive, how big? You know, like yeah, I mean, you've seen. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're, 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 they're pretty they're, big. Yeah, yeah, shapes are big. Um, I have been known to visit Pop World. Uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Tear up that dance floor. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say it was on my wish list, but I do always have yeah, fun when I go does, there. Yeah, I've not been for for a long time. But I'd time. probably rather go to. Like a, a beer festival or something these days, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Same. 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 So or Tom's new bar that he's going to open. That's going to be my new favourite. The last, actually, the, I think the last time I, I was out at night in Reading was, I think it was probably our Christmas do last year. Just <laughs> <laughs> nearly um, time for Hugh's annual night tra- out. Yeah. <laughs> we, went to, we went out to, I can't remember where we went. Honest to, Burger. Went to Honest Burger for, our Christmas, for a traditional Christmas meal. <laughs> and, uh, of burger. Then Turkey we went burger. to... Didn't we go to Brewdog? We did go to Brewdog. Oh, I liked oh, it in yeah. Brewdog. Brewdog could go on the list. I liked it in Brewdog because it was quite interesting. There, there weren't that, but there weren't thousands of people all standing right next to each other, and we had a nice chat, and it was quite pleasant. And everything that uh, someone who doesn't partake in the drinking of alcohol would need from a, a venue. <laughs> The opposite Lemonade. being somewhere like Lola Low or somewhere oh, like that. Don't. You I ended up in there the other oh, week, didn't you? I did. You? I went in there the other that. If you're quite young and listening to this podcast, mention. we're about to character assassinate your favourite drinking no, establishment. We're not going to character assassinate. We'll just say it's that dreadful. if you were in there a few weeks ago and what you thought were possibly your grandparents walked in looking for a drink at the bar. No, that was us. That was me and my friends. <laughs> I remember my dad saying. We went and hid in the garden with our coats on. 
because uh, it's cold. We, we, it was cold and we felt elderly. My dad said to me, I remember this, he said to me, when I was about 22, I'd been, I'd, I'd turned up at his house the day after I'd been out, out on the night. Out, out. Out, out in Reading, um, you know, in a bad way. He said to me, he said to me, you won't realise this, but in about 10 years time, the idea of doing what you've just done will become totally unappealing to you. And, um, I had to obviously give up drinking due to medical issues anyway. But if you if you remove that by the before that happened when I was about twenty seven, say, I was very much getting to that stage, and I really hate it when my dad's right about things. <laughs> um, but he he was absolutely spot on. The notion now of staying out until drinking until five o'clock in the morning or something like that, and then and then just eating a dirty sweaty kebab from somewhere and getting a taxi home and throwing up and going to bed it's, it's, it's actually bizarre to me that people, anyone wants to do that even though I spent years, years and, and years, years doing, it. doing it it's one of those weird full circle things that you have when, when you get a bit older and you think you think that's just really, really strange. If there was any Spending tiny bit of me left that thought I could even attempt that these days, having Zachary put a mockers <laughs> on, just the thought Spending of looking after a child <laughs> with a four-year-old. Spending a hundred pounds on booze. Mm-hmm. Did you give yours, or was yours the same as mine? Because it's mostly been it's basically together. the same as yours. <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty much the same as yours. Um, I can't really argue with any of that. Um, Okay, thanks guys. Before we go, here is Jeremy with how you can get in touch with the show, and please do. If you enjoy our prattlings about Reading, and if you've come this far, we assume you must be, please hit subscribe on your podcast app to get the latest episode every Monday morning. You can find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod, and search Facebook and Instagram for Real Reading Podcast. You can also email getreading at reachplc.com. Thanks, Jeremy. Don't forget, if you know someone who we should be speaking to on the show, please do get in touch via Facebook or Twitter. And if you have a moment, please also give us a rating on your podcast app. And if you have time, submit a little review. Uh, if you submit a review and it's really good, we'll send you round to congratulate you. Yeah, please make it either nice or constructive. Yes. <laughs> I can read out, of, read out of a council agenda for them as well as oh, if they want. Yeah. Something, if you're just struggling to sleep. Yes. Send him round. I've brought the Audit and Governance Committee agenda. Uh, we will be back next week with more podcast goodness and an interview with Dane and Dom from Phantom Brewing Co. Oh. Bye. Bye. You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. We apparently live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down the toilet is not a, not, not a very good idea. Did you ever watch that programme uh, Hunted on Channel yes. 4? Yes, that Did was you brilliant. Did see the yes. one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him at the funny Yes, that was brilliant.